Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad and we're joined as always by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Dawson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing? What's going on? I'm going to get you. I am fine. I was just um, eyeing up. I was going to start the show by um, uh, wearing one of my many um, silly masks. Uh, I've got this, oh, no. this little fella here. Uh, monkey mask. <laughs> monkey mask. Try to uh, explain that for audio only listeners. It's good. It's, <laughs> it's, Kima, it's, it's a, if you Google the wrestler Kimonito, he's a, um, a wrestler of restricted height who once got kicked off a uh, off a off a turnbuckle. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's it's. I'm feeling good. I am um, thinking about wearing uh, more of my masks. I've got I've got quite a large collection of like kind of um, uh, masks I've bought in Japan, masks I've bought outside of Japan. I do like a mask, though I've got no cost. <laughs> use them ever i've got there aren't that many situations where you can wear a mask to be quite frank <laughs> i yeah yeah i don't know yeah. maybe halloween when halloween rolls yeah, around but but that's one well that's once a year and i've and i've just got so many i've, I've also got a real punch out for um balaclavas <laughs> that sounds bad oh, uh, balaclavas i've got like loads of ones that are like i've got like a leopard one i bought in hot topic in new york about 15 years ago uh, i've got one that looks like batman's face uh, that you put on <laughs> but it's lovely and warm. Well. why have the uh, why is the balaclava uh, become the, um, the the exclusive preserve of the of the problematic roadman stealing scooters and stuff <laughs> like what what is like why is why can't I wear a balaclava as a man who lives in Essex why can't I do that <laughs> tot around the place I could think of an awful lot of reasons why I nearly bought one the other day actually. I went <laughs> when I went skiing the other day I nearly bought one but mm. I just thought outside of my three days of skiing, there's no practical use for this because I've never no for, yeah. going to stumble around one, Tokyo in a balaclava. I was in a, um, a deserted nuclear bunker about Ooh. three months ago and I bought one there. Um, we were on a ghost hunt, uh, even though I, I really have very little uh, appetite or patience with ghosts, ghost hunting, yeah. people pretending ghosts exist. Um but I, uh, it was in a, it was in a deserted Cold War bunker. Um, so cool. from like nine p.m. until three a.m. Long, long time 
I mean, bearing in mind it's a bunker. Ghosts can be there any at any time, and and there's no natural light coming in. It's a bunker, so why don't we just do this during the day? And I can just have a McDonald's on the way home. Um, <laughs> but no, they they had this uh, they had this nuclear bunker on, on the go, so to speak, and uh, the, it was um, it had like rooms and rooms of dumb terminals that um, they would have used in the event of like a nuclear uh, attack. Um, and for that reason, it was really, really fascinating. Uh, but for the whole um, men in military attire pretending that, uh, you know, there's a ghost in the, in the room with some spooky magic tricks, um, I had very <laughs> little... Uh, I, actually went, I actually went to sleep at one point, because obviously down in a nuclear bunker, it, they would obviously have to have people sort of sleeping down there. Um, so there's a lot of like abandoned... <clears throat> Um, beds. So <laughs> when they were just going on a about their um, going on about the ghosts and stuff, I just went. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna pile in here. <laughs> I went for a Can sleep ask, for about half an hour. Why the fuck would there be a ghost in a nuclear bunker? Nobody died down there. There wasn't a nuclear war. Why is there just a ghost stumbling around in a bit of concrete under the ground with no historic? But because because it's context. very cheap to hire overnight. It's like the, you slip <laughs> out fifty quid and you can take down your ghost troop. Um, and I mean, it, you know what? I don't mind being lied to. I, I don't have that strong an opinion about ghosts and stuff and people like that. It's absolutely fine. I'll sit through any old nonsense. But um, <laughs> I think the you require, I think, in that situation, a bit of razzle dazzle, a bit of um, pageantry. Uh, and these people just did not ha- like. They were the thickest of the thick. And they just did not have the razzle dazzle. <laughs> they did not have the Derek Akora about them. They were just like, I, 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 people would ask him questions like, did, did anyone die near here? Uh, <laughs> yeah, p- probably. Probably did die near here, actually. Yeah, you're right. And it's like, that's, that was their razzle dazzle. It's like, that sounds Jesus. amazing. And they, got, and they had like little stupid little like, LED. LED light tricks, basically, you know, a little button in your pocket and you, 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 you press the button if you, you know, to make the thing make the noise. So you go, oh, it's a ghost detector. There's definitely some, um, some ghostly activity down here. So, yeah, it's just all that, really. Just, just I find very, I find it very, um, yeah. I, I, I don't mind paying a lot of money to go into a nuclear bunker because I very much enjoyed the computers and cool. tapping around yeah. on those, some beautiful 70s terminals. Uh, it was like it was like um, Fallout. Like all of the terminals look like that. And um but yeah, right, the, cool. the, the the razzle dazzle was um was severely lacking with the ghost hunters of of Essex. Bloody <laughs> hell. That's just pretty good though. Like I I mean Did was buy it a balaclava though. In the event of a <laughs> nuclear shop- war, would it be yeah. actually a good Bunker? Did you did you think? Oh yeah, I'd love to be here in a nuclear war. Well, it's this quite close to London. You perfect. imagine that would be the first place it gets hit, I suppose. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how far the blast would would go back in the seventies. But um, yeah, I, I think I think we would have been all right down there. It was it was a really fascinating thing. You know, there was loads of um, there was like a broadcast room and like just map room and all kind. And you know, looking at your house and seeing you know blast radiuses, radii uh, sort of mapped out. You're like, oh, <laughs> oh dear. Um, so yeah, it was it was really good stuff, and 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 the gift shop was on the honor system because nobody was there to man it, obviously. So um, you just you just get your own, uh, you know, put put cash down and buy whatever you wanted. So I came away with a um, nuclear attack um, tea towel and a balaclava. <laughs> so a good time was had by all. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I mean we're closer. I'm, I have a weird interest in nuclear weapons, a mild uh, mild obsession. I don't know. Hmm. When I we uh, I remember when I was like sixteen, we had to give a talk on anything we wanted to, and I gave a presentation on nuclear weapons, and I got like full marks. I'm the sort of kid who was like shit at everything at school. 
unless I was interested in something, then I went all out and I did mm. the best thing I could ever do. And I gave a mm. talk and it was a very vivid talk. I was like, vivid talk. What well, was like? And if their a nu- skin I, would fall off their bones. Yeah, oh, it God. was really like clinical. I went. I was like, if a nuclear bomb went off in London now, you know, the windows would shatter here, and this would this would happen, and that would happen, and <laughs> they're all on the edge of their seats. It was really. I really went into depth on it. Yeah, th- and, thanks uh, for that, mate. Yeah, th- thanks, Chris. Thanks for thanks for scaring all yeah. of your classmates. Everyone you love would be vaporized. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think we think about it as much as we maybe should. That. At any moment, like, <laughs> half the world could be vaporised on a bad day. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the doomsday clock is, like, the closest it's ever been to, to the end of civilization. Which I, I find right. the doomsday clock is just a load of nonsense. It's just a bit, you know, it's, some scientists every year decide how close we are to annihilation. But, yeah, I guess it, it, we are. I think, it's, I think it's the scientists just trying to, just trying to get laid. <laughs> I think he's, he's just really <laughs> laying it off. Oh, the doomsday clock. <laughs> We are going to all be tossed next year, so why don't you come to bed with me? You're a disgrace, whoever this scientist is. He's disgusting. Absolutely I foul. think if there's a nuclear war, though, you'll be all right. Ain't no bombs going for oh, South yeah. End. I don't think Essex is on the, is on the hit list. We're on the Thames. That's where the subs will come up. <laughs> there's nothing of strategic value in Essex. wave them in. Except Lakeside Shopping Centre. Uh, we got a story this week from... Uh, I should. Why am I not scrolling? Uh, Liam. It's Liam. Hello, Liam. Hello, Liam. Uh, and actually, this week's news story, which Pete's now going to mm. find while I read this out, involves a Yakuza mm. mob boss who tried to smuggle some weapons grade plutonium. Yay. Good. Liam says, Hello, right. Chris and Pete. I got back to England last year after studying in Japan and smashing through podcast episodes while working. It's been incredibly nostalgic. I used to live in Meijiro, Tokyo, and I'd met up with a few Japanese mates, and it was starting. Uh, a night out at a Shibuya bar crawl to be followed by a day trip to Enoshima. Needless to say, we were a little too keen on catching up, so we went heavy on the drinks. Despite waking up late the following day, we agreed to stick to the plan. Good man. And dragged ourselves onto the three or so trains we needed to arrive in Enoshima. Once there, Enoshima is kind of like this island, uh, not too far from Kamakura, just south of Tokyo. A lovely place, beautiful place, good little island. Lots of feral cats. Once there, it was time for food. We had a big burger lunch with several Enoshima beers, and we were refueled for our long walk down the beach. It was quite the stroll, and the sun was setting when we were on the return stretch. It was getting pretty dark there, and we didn't know, uh, we didn't want to turn an ankle traversing the rocks, and so we turned on our phone lights. As we did, I spotted a little crab scuttle nearby. Then, as I trained my eyes to the spot, I saw another. And suddenly, there are a lot of bloody crabs everywhere. All over the rocks and the pathways. We took pictures oh. and videos. We were in awe of the numbers. They were quite small. My friend said he wanted to pick one up. He selected one. And this is a fucking mental story. And he selected one and gently went to scoop it up. But as he lifted it and opened his hands, horrifyingly, uh, there was just a single leg inside his palms. Realising this, he exclaimed in the most Natsuki-like English I've ever heard, Oh fuck, I broke it. He immediately put it back down, (laughs) looked completely shocked, and turned around to apologise to the crab in some of the most kegor-heavy language that I've ever heard. Not sure if crabs shed their limbs like some lizards do, or quite what happened, but hopefully his thousands of crab friends... Uh, helped him out I'd love to hear if either of you have been to Enoshima as I think it's often overlooked despite being not that far from Tokyo best wishes Liam with a just a a story that sort of went in many different directions ultimately ended up in a a terrible incident with a crab 
I don't. If, uh, if <laughs> what, a, ever, what story is this? If, uh, <laughs> what I like about our story, it's like what I like about our um, stories that are sent in. They're almost like sort of metaphors for man, aren't they? Oh, oh look at this lovely crab. I'm going to pick it up. <laughs> oh, I've killed humanity and I've killed all of the wildlife and man, <laughs> a study. That's all it is. Um, but also um, Linus uh, Tech Tips, the uh, um, sort of tech uh, vlogger, uh, those those guys, I uh, watch quite a lot of their work and um, whenever they test out um, sound on you know a mobile phone or a mm. laptop, they always use... Crab dance, which is a video of a lot of crabs dancing and some terrible sort of Euro Euro disco pop. And I'm imagining all of these crabs sort of dancing around, going, "Yeah, that is good." <laughs> I mean, I the one thing about these stories is they always lack like a narrative structure, don't they? There's no three act or five act structure. Usually, when you read a story, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And right. sort of is a nice, satisfying ending. But more often than not... What's wrong with this? Saw a crab, just... picked up crab, damaged crab. Well, there's the three acts. There's no... <laughs> it's a tragedy, isn't it, I guess? There's no uplifting ending. There's no, like, metaphor no. or story. It's just a mm. crab got ripped up on a beach. It's the eye and claw. <laughs> just everyone dying, losing limbs. But I think crabs do sacrifice the limbs, don't they? They do. I've seen. I've like, seen one. I've seen there. one. Like I've seen that gif of the the crab going deal with it and pulling his own fucking leg yeah. off. Yeah. I mean that that's incredible. I mean that that is an incredibly boss uh, thing to do <laughs> as a crab, pulling your own arm off. Ah, don't give a shit. Enoshima. Enoshima. <laughs> Go for the stray yeah. cats. Stay for the crabs. Uh, mm. I've, Enoshima is nice definitely underrated there was a famous video a year or two ago of the Enoden train the Enoshima coastal train beautiful train going along the coast and there's a like, beautiful train you sound like Donald Trump there a beautiful train <laughs> <laughs> it was a train. train it was a beautiful train it was the best train ever existed <laughs> and like I don't think you might have seen this video right there's like 10, 15, 20 photographers train otaku photographers mm. And they're waiting, and the train's coming around a the corner. They're going to get the money shot. And then I think a guy, I think he was Turkish, <laughs> mm. comes around the corner on a bicycle and sees all the cameramen, and he's in between the cameramen and the train. And he kind of goes, wee! <laughs> and he blocks the view of the train slightly, yeah. or ruins the shot in the eye of the photographers. And they all go absolutely fucking mental. And they yeah. go, we get really angry. And they're like shouting and screaming at him. They're like, we need, you owe us money. You've ruined the shot. You, you owe us, like, money. compensation. No one's buying those photos. Yeah, it's all a bit, and, and it became like a thing. And that is the sort of people mm. that hang out at Enoshima. <laughs> well, I, I've, always, it's always, I've always remembered that, though. I was in Kamakura the other day, and I just thought, I want to find these people. I want to find the train or tackies. Get in the way of a shot. I'll be like, eh, <laughs> Just ruin their I day. think, they, but yeah, surely. I mean, if you did that, you are improving their life because then they could, you know, the the, the thrill of the hunt is surely just, you know, that, that's the whole raison d'être for a, a train fan. So yeah, yeah, you're giving that back to them. Imagine like your, your favorite film. Imagine seeing that for the first time. <laughs> you are giving that back to them. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, yeah. I, I I thought they could utilize the uh, the guy on the bike and make him like part of the scene, like a good photographer. Yeah. Adapts to the heat of the moment. They don't go, oh, somebody's in the fucking train shot, it's done. They go, oh. The guy sounded like he was oh. a bit of a dick, though. <laughs> He's being a rotten dick. <laughs> he did wave his arms around and sort of make a spectacle. You decide. Go yeah. watch it. Go look at I don't know where the video is. It's on YouTube. It's typing like train or taku, angry. It's a classic video. But 
I'm even more angry about weapons mm. growth plutonium. What's going on this week, Mr. Donaldson? Did you find the story about the kind of? It sounds like a, a Tom Clancy fucking spy film. Mm. Have you heard mm. about this nuclear crime, Chris? That's what we're talking about this week on the show. Get back down the bunker. Um, a leader of the. A leader of the Japanese organised crime syndicate, Yakuza, uh, identified as a man called Takeshi Ibisawa, uh, has been charged by US prosecutors with conspiring to traffic nuclear materials, including uranium and weapons-grade plutonium from Myanmar, uh, to other countries, uh, according to a superseding indictment uh, announced on Wednesday. The Hill reported that man is in a lot of trouble, but uh, yeah, the, the um, undercover, undercover uh, Drug Enforcement administra- Administration, the DEA, uh, posed as a narcotics and weapons trafficker uh, in Thailand, and uh, yeah, Takeshi Ebisawa is in a whole heap of trouble because um, the US worked with Thai authorities to seize nuclear samples, which were subsequently transferred to, transferred to US law enforcement custody. Weapons grade plutonium and uranium I caught the D- DOI uh, were just out on the open market and that, that is what the uh, Yakuza are up to these days they are trafficking literal uranium <laughs> and plutonium which is just great news great stuff great great news weapons grade excitement I mean it's, mm. it, you, when you think of like crime syndicates you think oh they're just pushing a bit of cocaine on the side mm. Not weapons grade plutonium out of Myanmar. Mm. Like that's a pretty bold move. What did? Is there any idea what they were going to do with it? Like I think he was. I think I think he was just it selling it to, it to whoever. I think he was. Uh, what a rush! I think he was just basically um, selling it to whoever was interested. Basically, I mean, I imagine when you've got nuclear materials, there are very few people who would be willing to take that uh, you know portion of risk on. I, there's very few people. Who, I mean, I wouldn't. If I had a lot of uranium dug out, dug out the back garden, I don't. I don't think I'd know <laughs> any way of getting them to uh, a, a a force that could use it for evil and weapons of mass destruction, etc. Uh, but th- that sounds very much like this. Um, what this chap's been up to, the y- Yakuza leader. So uh, yeah, um, they've gone from just basically like financial fraud and you know deeds to the houses. Selling them off, uh, they've turned from cigarettes, fake cigarettes, to uh, uh, weapons-grade plutonium. It's good stuff, isn't it? Nuclear yak is a. It'd be a great Nuclear side quest in the Yakuza video games, wouldn't it? <laughs> Get the weapons-grade plutonium. Yeah, definitely. My lord, exactly. I've seen a few like nuclear-related <laughs> stories today. I also saw like mm. there was a leak at the Fukushima plant. Somebody like, <laughs> literally, somebody didn't do the tap tight enough or something on one of the tanks, and some mm. uh, contaminated water just spilled out. And also some mm. people got sprayed with some contaminated water, honestly. And then I watched a Kurzgesagt in a nutshell video about what happens after nuclear war. I don't know, why is everything about nuclear war today? Why is it all hitting Why is everything about nuclear war for crying out loud? And you went, and you went to a nuclear bunker. It feels like, is this a I sign? Know. Time to <laughs> get exactly. ready. On a, yeah. And also, I also learned that uh, in Azabu Jubam, uh, kind of up marketplace in Tokyo, lots of foreign residents, lots of embassies there. Yep. They're, build, they're turning one of the underground stations into a bunker because All right. they're worried about North Korean missiles. And there's something quite Let's ominous see. about that. Oh, a bit worried. They could, they could missile strike Tokyo. We better mm. make a bunker for the rich people in Tokyo. <laughs> we better do it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, that's a bit ominous as well. I don't know. Yeah. The world is a dangerous place. Certainly is. Certainly is, Christopher. 
What are you going to do about it? Nothing. Gonna I'm going to sit here and play Ghost of Shima on a beanbag. <laughs> good man. <laughs> That's good what man. I'll do. That's yeah. what I would also do. We're back in just a moment, guys. The stories, comments, and questions in the fax machine. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. We got a message from Vincent. I love the name Vincent. Hello, Combustible Chris Pulp and fiction. Paraffin Pete. Long time viewer here, all the way back from when you were giving us a video tour from your first apartment. I've recently uh, reached a chapter on school bullying in the Abronjaban book and was struck when you mentioned that even teachers weren't intervening in beatdowns happening right before them. I know how uh, jet teachers are often reminded not to overstep their boundaries when it comes to the permanent teachers, but um, I wonder how they'd react to a jet breaking up a fight that they would otherwise ignore. I thought this must be like a truly a common occurrence. Interested to know your thoughts. Looking forward to hearing you both again twice a week until the end of time. Thank you, Vincent. Sure. Um, are you allowed to give someone a, uh, a swift karate chop to the solar plexus, etc.? I remember I nearly had to step in. I always, you know, I think about this memory a lot. I, always, I nearly had to step in. Mm. This um, naughty student was like getting up in the face of a female colleague um, I worked with. who was really <laughs> lovely. Um, she was quite small, and uh, yeah, this guy was like right. just shouting at her and getting really close to her, like inappropriately close, mm. like in a way that would be like probably suspension, expulsion in like the UK. And I was yeah. like standing there, not quite knowing what to do because mm. I thought I should maybe step in the middle, or so I just sort of hovered nearby. And she was like, "Oh, don't worry, Kristen, sir, you go back to the staff room." Uh, this is sort of towards the end of the class. And I was like, I, mm. I'll just, I, and I didn't. I just sort of stood there, like I can't just walk away from this. But I, she yeah. kept insisting that I just leave me do it. Let me. And so in the end, I, I, I left. I walked off because she was 
adamant that I should go. And it was fine. It was fine in the end. But um, mm. yeah, I did. I did. That was one time I was a bit like, yeah, I, 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 I don't. I think if I had done something, I could have got in a lot of trouble. If I'd got in the middle, yeah. or if I'd sort of pushed him back or something. So it's one of those route. things they say on the jet program. You know, don't do things like that. Uh, leave it to the teacher to handle. And it's a weird thing, but yeah, I guess it it wouldn't look good as a foreign employee like having any physical altercation with students like that. So I, I understand. I understand. Well, it was a tough yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> we got one here from Bella. He says, hello, Chris and Pete. I'm traveling Japan with my boyfriend as a celebratory uh, vacation after completing my studies at university. And I'd like to explore some of the Japanese nightlife. My boyfriend and I are huge wrestling fans and we'd love to catch some matches while we are in Japan. Do either of you have advice on hunting down more obscure or extreme wrestling events? We will travel far and wide across all of Japan to see some sweaty men get beat up, so location isn't the issue. Big fan of the podcast. Cheers, Bella from Detroit. Uh, Pete, over to you, because I don't know a damn thing about wrestling. Just go, <laughs> just go Currican Hall. Um, there is wrestling going on three times a night, every single Curricken night until Hall. the end of time. There's just like, just turn up, buy a ticket, there's always wrestling going on. Or um, just find a company that you seem to like the look of. Uh, DDT is my, probably my favourite out there on Noah um, and just get on their website and, and, and do it like that um, but yeah I mean Curricken Hall there's always events going on in uh, in Tokyo uh, at, at the wrestling uh, there's an adorable Chris a video of <clears throat> a famous uh, Japanese um, performer called Asuka who's a very mm. hard hitting um, kind of um, uh, very colourful uh, haired woman and uh, she's she's a massive WWE star like about as big as it, it gets you know champion mm. repeated champion etc etc um, and she uh, rocked up at a Shinjuku bar that was dedicated to wrestling, um, and mm. the and, and the woman who ran the wrestling bar seemed particularly into Asuka. So there's just pictures of Asuka all over the bar. Um, there's like um, drawings, cartoon, anime um, depictions of Asuka. And Asuka, I think, happened to be walking past, and she's like, "Oh, this is the wrestling bar, and like my pictures on the front. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't it be funny if I just popped in?" Um, <laughs> actually, I think it's in, I think it's in Nagoya, actually. Anyway, right. and um, she she uh, she goes in the bar, and obviously like, Nagoya is a little bit off the beaten track when it comes to yeah, yeah. Your Osaka, um, Kyoto, um, Tokyo, and stuff, mm. even for Japanese residents. And um, yeah, she just piles it in this bar, and uh, the woman just goes. It was like it would be like a god just stepped in your fucking front room, <laughs> or like a, a cartoon character. If you're like really the, the the you know Marvel, and I don't know Thor just popped in for a cup of tea. <laughs> Um, she pops in and she just goes this woman just stands there and, and takes it in and she just goes <laughs> and then just cries for the rest of the time oh my god she's like <laughs> um, yeah cool. she's like it, it, it's it's such a lovely lovely moment it really is good Aww. stuff so uh, yeah well, well worth digging out that one um, maybe can that's it awesome out or something. very adorable it's almost lovely as moving stuff. I imagine as the time uh, Harry Potter's biggest fan, a Japanese girl, met Daniel Radcliffe and touched his face right. on live oh. television. Palpated his face <laughs> gently yeah, because she couldn't believe that he was real. He was he there, was right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, never, <laughs> I, I think that's, that's more cringe than moving, though. But also seek that out. It was, out like, it was like, when, uh, <clears throat> like when you did that show in London, people were just coming up and touching your face. I want to touch Daniel Radcliffe's face. It's brilliant. She's sitting in a chair with like a wizard's hat on in like a studio in mm. Warner Brothers Studio London. She's like, yes, yeah, go. And then Daniel Radcliffe comes out of a door and he goes, 
Gryffindor, is it? And she's like, ah! She explodes and <laughs> cries. Imagine she stabbed him. <laughs> just absolutely Fucking John Slytherin! <laughs> Slytherin! It's not Gryffindor! Yeah, the, um, we, um, I, I interviewed uh, Daniel Radcliffe from that. He did like a sort of mini, sh- mini film with Don Draper. John Ham did he? Uh, about yeah, it was it was it was good. I remember it being quite good because I think they're both very underrated comic actors. But yeah, they did film together um, on small uh, minimal release. But uh, I, I interviewed him in a hotel room for half an hour, and uh, he Ooh. halfway through the interview, he sort of went, "Sorry, are you Cheeky Pete from XFM?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and I was indeed Cheeky Pete from XFM because he um, when he said he said when they used to go, I used to do a breakfast show with. Uh, TV presenter Carl Alex in, and um, uh, he said when he was when he was a bear and he filmed Harry Potter, all of the cast members from Harry Potter used to get driven in uh, in in their cars, <clears throat> and they mm. used to request to listen to XFM really uh, to our Jeopardy in the mornings. So uh, I presume I'm on nodding terms with a, a couple of the other cast members as well. Cause That's just, awesome. because because our our radio show was fucking childish. <laughs> And it was for <laughs> ten-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> you and Alex Zane. Can't believe yeah. So Daniel Radcliffe was your fan. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Is that what you're trying to and subtly I, and tell you, And I'll to? tell you for one, I've never seen any fucking Harry Potter films. So you can stick that up your pipe. Did Harry? Did, did Harry? Did Daniel Radcliffe touch your face? Was he amazed that you were real? No, he didn't. Full he circle. Didn't, he didn't go. Yeah, they must be like cheeky sort of, Pete. If you cheeky Pete's if going. You inf- <laughs> tell me, cheeky tell Pete. me about your celebrated feature songy song song or Fish Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about all that. <laughs> oh my god, that's beautiful! What, what a great moment! What a beautiful moment! What a, that's what lovely, a great lovely moment. stuff. Turning the tables. Yeah, got one last question from Ernie. Ernie says, Hello, convoluted Chris and partitioned Pete. I'm planning my second trip to Japan for a winter trip late in 2024. Since I work full-time, go to university, I'm unable to visit outside of dead of winter or or the middle of summer. Uh, Having visited previously in August, I would like to avoid the sweltering experience that is Japan in the summer, rightly so. Apparently this year it's going to be joke temperature. Uh, My question is this, are there any good New Year's celebrations in Japan? Since I'll be visiting in winter, I do plan on visiting some more northern cities but I wonder if New York scene, New York's Eve scene, is a bigger enough draw to circle back to Tokyo. All the best, guys. Ernie, uh, New Year's in Japan. It's all right. It's it's not my mm. favourite memory. I was a Niigata board stiff, and a Japanese guy grabbed hold of me and my friend and took us on a whirlwind tour of Nagano. Sorry, Nagano, not Niigata. Uh, at night, that was really good. But yeah, I... Imagine if you were Niigata and he decided to take you on a whirlwind tour of Nagano. <laughs> all aboard. <laughs> Get in the car. All aboard the train. <laughs> uh, we, but yeah, New Year's in Japan. It's all right. Some fireworks, mm. but overall, just another day in it. They do it. Yeah. They do celebrate it a lot more than Christmas Day. Personally, I'd avoid it though, because around New Year's in Japan or Shogatsu season, everything closes down for the first five days of January, and like you can't do anything. Everything's shut, and it's just mm. not a good time to be here, really. Unless you're skiing or something like that, then it's worth it. But I'd avoid you New Year's. You've become such a ski head, Chris Broad. You've become such a ski boy. <laughs> four four days every slops, two years. Drinking schnapps. Schnapps. <laughs> I drank a lot, but I don't think there was any schnapps. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into Abroad Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week, guys. Myself and, oh. was it Cheeky Pete? Is it Cheeky Pete? Cheeky Pete from XFM. Pete. I was uh, once in the top five uh, radio sidekicks on The Guardian. And look at him now. 
He's look at me now. He's doing I'm all right. Chris Broad's sidekick once again. <laughs> Forever the sidekick, never the bride. Cheeky <laughs> pee. But for now, guys, have yourselves a good one. We'll see you right back here. It's all over again on the Born Japan podcast. Bye for now. Cheeky. Goodbye. in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com